You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talk in the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Connor Lives. You're joined by my host today, uh, Dalton Miller and Cole Patterson. We're all three back at it. Uh, it's Dalton has returned from vacation. We fired RJ. And me and Cole are still here like we, we have been. So uh, we're excited. I said Talk in the Draft. It's probably be the last Talking the Draft episode as we'll kind of start trans- transitioning back into Talking the Star. Um, but we're going to talk some more draft today, so we'll stick with that. But, uh, how you fellas doing? I know Dalton, you just got back from uh, the Caribbean. How was that? It was fantastic. I didn't have. Are you to at deal Aruba? With... Yeah, Aruba. Yep. Didn't have to deal with my phone really at all. It was uh, it was a blessing for sure. It was a blessing. You get time to uh, you know unwind and everything after, after Listen, the drive, it unplug was, and everything. It, it was a great time to rewind, and then I came <laughs> back here, and at ten thirty last night, we found fleas on the dog. Oh man! So that was, was that was not was, fun. Where was the dog at? Yeah, I mean the dog was at our house when we found him. But uh, no, no, no. Like where it was, was with it? a with, with a friend. I mean, I'm not blaming. I'm so not blaming need, it on them because I don't need, know where to exactly. Go. I don't know where exactly she got him. I mean, she could have had him before that. She could have got him somehow at home. But I mean, there was a lot of them there, so I don't think she got him at home. But like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, man, I'm I'm not Who's, here to assign blame for anything. So. Yeah, we are. We are. I'm not. I'm not. We just do. You know, we we just turn the house over to. I graduate on Friday, so my parents are go. town tomorrow. Um, it's exciting. It was just it it threw a huge wrench. Um, and I was not in the movie Dodgeball, so I couldn't dodge it. Um, did you have the? It. Did you have Orkin come out and just absolutely dust the house with that stuff? Nah. So we got our own stuff. Like we we cleaned top to bottom um and then we're going to treat tonight um and then they're going to come in next wednesday and treat the entire house bomb it they're going to bomb the house bomb it <laughs> yeah i had some important business to do tomorrow so i couldn't couldn't well, 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 well speaking of bombing it the cowboys totally bombed the uh 20 no, i'm just kidding it was it wasn't that bad it, we're going to talk about it um we kind of went Dalton, we went on you weren't with us, but we went on with RJ last week, and we talked. We gave grades, and I think we finished up with. I think we both said that if the Nation Wright pick didn't <laughs> exist, that we would say it's a B plus. But since it is, wait, what do you? What is two that? Two picks. Two picks. The Nation Wright pick and the Josh Ball pick are the two that I don't like. Um, well, right, and we kind of disc- talked about why we don't like the Josh Ball pick, I think, yeah. from a talent perspective. And again, like, I was pretty – I wanted to get your thoughts oh, on this. Too, great, great value from a talent perspective. See, I don't disagree, but I don't think he's some stud either. Yeah, like, I we, think we, 
There's inconsistencies yeah. on tape with him as well. No, for sure. For, for we, sure. We're but talking us. about with RJ, there's some other talented guys, equally if not more talented guys, right. still on the board, which makes the pick even more of a head scratch. That that I will not disagree with you with, um, but there's one absolute disqual. And listen, if a team wants to, to take a chance on a guy like this, I, I can't stop them. Mm-hmm. If I were coaching or GMing a football team, he would not be on my team. I don't yeah, – like I – and, and – Listen, I understand you want to talk about growth and all of that. I mean, he didn't answer questions the way that I would have wanted him to when Hellman asked him about it. I didn't think that he gave a very good answer. Um, and then the PR team got with him immediately afterwards before the, the actual interview with the media scrum, and he gave better answers. But I think, I, I think his, not, my, not my dude. I think his answers in, in that were worse than the answer he gave to Hellman. <laughs> when he none, was like, none of it was great. Right, right, right. But like, I honestly thought like, because you 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 have to assume that somebody talked to him after the call, right after he was drafted. It was yeah, like, hey, right. can't like do that. And then he went on to the entire media call and was like, yeah, you just got to be careful who you hang around. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, Hold on. You went from yeah, we've moved on to this has nothing to do with me. It's about who I kept in my friend circle. And it's like, dude. Come on. Like, like, honestly, I stopped kind of blaming him at that point. It was like, whoever is telling you what to say is just as lost as you are at this point. Digging in a deeper hole. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know, and this is getting off, off the topic of him because I really don't want to talk about him all that much. Uh, but with the Nation Wright pick, like, I don't want to necessarily poo-poo on it because no. I, I, it doesn't, like, do a whole lot of good to do that. But I think the, I think having to reach on the tape that we saw of him and be like, well, well, well he might, we right. might get, I don't yeah. know, there were a couple good reps in there, and it's just like the two just, games I, that everybody has. <laughs> I just, I, it's not, it's not there to me, and yeah. like, that's okay. Like sometimes you don't pick the guys that I like, and that's fine. All right. Right. There were two guys that were picked immediately afterwards that were much better players in my literally right after. That's the way that these things go. Sometimes you don't run the draft. Um, And and so and and I have a lot of trust for the most part in 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 Will McClay and and those guys, uh, Chris Hall and them. So I, I. I can't poo-poo on it too, too much. I ended up, because I wrote about him for Pro Football Network, and I gave him a C-plus overall. And and the way way that I look at it, especially once we got to talk to Dan Quinn and see what they're going to do defensively, especially with their defensive fronts mixing it up, the Osa pick and the Golston pick made a lot more sense in that instance and honestly for me i think that it made the parsons pick make even more sense as well um on top of also grabbing jabril cox um in round four as well and that might have been a bpa but it still you know really puts a ton of guys in your linebacker room but it allows you to play those guys situationally which i think is good so the way that i looked at it when you look at it from a pick by pick standpoint it's like man like there's a lot of picks in there that I did not like very right. much. And then you look at it in its totality, and it's like, man, like they got some guys that I'm pretty excited about. That that That's probably the best way I could describe it, too, it kind of what we talked about with RJ last week is it was like, you know, did I love the Michael Parsons pick? No, but I didn't hate it. Did I love the Kelvin Joseph pick? 
no, but I liked it. And then, like, for me, like, you got into that third round, and I was like, man, I would have taken, you know, seven, eight, nine different players over Osa. Like, they were reaches, but when you, if you're not going by, like, what my board says compared to where they're drafted, like, you still can acknowledge that they pick good players. Like, Chauncey Golson, I had as, like, a six round player. I liked him. It's just like, I don't see where he's ever going to be a great pass rusher. Like, he's, he's not athletic enough from a change of direction standpoint and, like, quick-footed standpoint to where he'll ever do a ton in the back. Like, he'll be disruptive, but he's not going to finish plays in the backfield. So, for me, it was like, you know, Golston was a – my two pick – like, I didn't like the Josh Ball pick because of all the other things, but, like, my biggest two, like, reaches were Wright and Golston because I thought you could have gotten Golston in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just way too early for me at, at 84. Um to, to take that player. But again, like you go back and you watch his tape, like even before the tape, like when you talk about him, we, 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 we talk about him, we write about him, like good player, like out of Iowa, he's that Iowa defense alignment, AJ Epinesa, like big, strong guy. Who's going to hold the point of attack. Who's going to, you know, be disruptive against the run. It's just like how much of a pass rush is he ever going to offer? And that's kind of what holds you back from being like super excited about Golston. But when you see that you're going to see more, you know, three, four, or or, or odd fronts, I'll say that, because we don't know that it's always going to be three, four, but it might be, you know, those guys playing that four eye or or four or five technique. You can understand the Golson pick. You can understand the Osa pick a little bit more. Um, Even, like you said, just going back to it, like, I can't make sense of the Nation Wright pick. Like, even after going back and watching his film with, like, the little bit of bias that we all have once guys are drafted, it's like nothing about this guy's tape says he's a – day two pick like nothing about his athleticism says he's a day two pick like i just can't make sense of that one hey this is scott galloway author professor entrepreneur and most importantly host of the prop g podcast we got a special series running on right now called the future of work where i answer all your questions on surprise the future of work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Were they that worried that some other team after them was going to grab him in that third round? Because, like, it just doesn't make sense if they wanted, like, a tall corner, a big corner. Afisu was sitting right there. Like, they, what was they, they were probably like, these terrible teams behind us who draft terribly are probably going to take this guy. <laughs> yeah. hey, I mean, see, is, well, is, Detroit, is that why? Detroit is that what they doesn't pick good corners, do they? Maybe, <laughs> maybe they're going to take our guy. Exactly. But it's just weird because, like, I think it was, I forgot who, maybe Mosher, he said that he heard that they were debating between him and Jabril Cox at, um, at 99, and they went with Jabril, right? Were they that worried Wright was going to be taken off, taken within those next picks if they had to grab him there? Like, what was it? I, 
just trying to think what their thought process was with that. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have one. Cause like even yeah. guys who do a lot more work than we do, like the Dane Bruglers, seventh yeah. round PFA grade, like Lance Erline, seventh round PFA grade. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like you know, it's not like a. It's not like a Gregory Russo thing where like some people uh-huh. see him as like a top 30 talent and then some yep. people are like, yeah, he's a top 100 guy. Like, mixed, barely. Like, review, yeah. Like, yeah, like you yeah. have guys out there who are like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy, you know, he could go back into first round yeah. or early day two. Mm-hmm. No, like nobody was saying that. And, and they almost, like, they're honestly really lucky that Cox lasted uh, to yeah. 115 as well. So they decided to take the worst player there and by that's some what, that's God, what, they got both. But that's was, what... When I when I when we were on with RJ, that's the uh, biggest thing for me is it's like the process mm-hmm. the process is still jacked to a certain exactly. extent because when you're they admitted that Jabril Cox was a second round grade player for him, which means they probably took Osa, Chauncey, yeah. and Wright over top of him. That's where I'm just like, guys, what are we doing here, man? Like your defense like and, and I get nah, it. Nah, like, man, you, they had a second round grade on all of them. There's <laughs> top fifty grade on right. <laughs> but dude, I mean it wouldn't surprise me, but it but like I understand it to a certain extent with you take a linebacker with ten, so the value of that position drops a little bit. But this team is so bad on defense that it like it shouldn't matter. Like, you know, yeah. like like I get it, like if you take like say you draft say you would like like say like you would have drafted a say you'd have drafted Kyle Pitts at ten. Like mm-hmm. I get it if like Pat Fryermuth falls to you at 84 and you're like, ah, we're just not going to do that. Even though he might be best player available, but this defense is so bad yeah. that it's not like you can be like, ah, we got a linebacker because <laughs> legitimately you they have, you, you, you have one talented linebacker, one guy who has a talent that can't stay healthy and has been inconsistent when he has been. And the yeah. other guy who can't play football at a high level anymore because his knee doesn't work. So it's like, yeah. You don't have talent on defense, and you don't you don't think you have talent at linebacker. So mm. it's just I don't know. But yeah. but I wanted to kind of talk, uh, kind of transition into how the draft picks, the UDFAs, will translate into camp. We're getting ready to start up with OTAs, mini camp, training camps right around the corner. Um, so I kind of want to look ahead, talk about some of these guys, like maybe position, like will Simi Fahoko push Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown. Will uh, a Diggy Zua put Tristan Hill or Neville Gallimore in a situation where they're expandable? Like, I want to go through some of those situations where some of these guys who were drafted this year, or maybe a UDFA, is going to have a position battle or or really push to get playing time or a roster spot. I mean, I think with Parsons, it's safe to say he's going to get on the field some way or the other, whether it's inside linebacker, outside linebacker, DPR. Like, he's going to get uh, on the field. Um, yeah. But I'd like to talk about Kelvin Joseph, like going into camp, where do we think he kind of starts at on this depth chart and priority list for this this the secondary? CB1. One or two? One. You think so? Yeah. Entering training camp? No, not course? entering training camp. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Entering, entering training camp, he's probably CB4. They'll probably, so? they probably have Anthony Brown. Um, well, outside and Jordan Lewis inside? Probably. It's probably how they do it. So he's technically CB3 because he's going to be playing on the outside. Uh, although he has a skill set to play on the inside. Yeah. I mean, it's just I would rather have Brown on the inside and Joseph on the outside personally. But that's yeah. mostly because I don't love Brown on the outside. 
I don't love Brown at all, but I definitely think he's better on the inside than he is the outside. But so just staying on, not going to go one by one, but like staying on that position with Nation Wright, Cole. Where do you kind of see? That's what was tough for me because you take that guy high, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. like, I mean, he's got to make the team as a top one hundred. Yeah, pick, he has to, but yeah. like, where does he fall into place? Yeah, that's what makes it hard, like as you mentioned, because they spent a top one hundred pick, third round pick. It's not like they spent a fifth round selection and if you cut them it's not the end you don't want to cut your fifth round picks but if you have to it's not the worst thing ever you get away with it but third round makes me think that there's i mean i think we all agree that he's a guy that's a developmental prospect um maybe in a couple years maybe a year or two he turns out to be what they want him to be um long term but yeah his rookie year is gonna be really interesting to track like do they try to push him into like a lot of into a big role early like obviously not a starting or anything like that, but did they give him a lot of snaps early on, or did they kind of just let him take a redshirt year, um, so to speak, and let him learn behind the guys that's in front of them? But, <laughs> but I mean, it's not like they're deep at corner either. So let I mean, him, it's, it's just, funny, I don't know. Let, let him let him learn behind Anthony <laughs> Brown and Jordan Lewis. And I mean, I, I just Trevor don't know what you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the bad thing is it's like uh-huh. you have, you know, like – Right now you have Trayvon Diggs, Kelvin Joseph, Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, C.J. Goodwin kind of is your five corners. Um, And then you have other guys as well. I I mean, Reggie Robinson, who's a guy who they moved back to corner after playing at safety all last year, who's supposed to be back I think he's back at safety. Right, right. right. But, like, I mean, I guess I was just saying it hasn't been made official yet, so it's like – they're moving that guy around a ton. Like they still have yeah. Rashard Robinson on the roster who played a lot last year, who just recently got suspended. So like by no means are they absolutely loaded at corner, but they have a lot of bodies there and a lot of bodies who've played a lot recently. Who do you think for me, like if, if, if Nishan Wright puts CJ Goodwin on the street, like I'll be upset with that because of how good Goodwin is at special teams. Like where yeah. do you guys think, like, where does Nashawn Wright make – who does he push off the roster? Do they keep seven corners? Uh, no. I mean, I don't think so. But you also have to think about Maurice Kennedy as well. Right. Like, that's another player. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, what, I don't – It's tough. I mean, it's a difficult <laughs> conversation to have. They might end up cutting a, a top 100 guy. I mean, I don't think that they will, but – I mean, they could. I mean, who else is expendable here? I mean, you're looking at it. Joseph is a lock. Diggs is a lock. Lewis is a lock. Brown's a lock. And then you have... Good one. Special teams ace. Yeah. Canada and right. Like, you have yeah. those three. Yeah. Fighting for two spots. See, either you're cutting a Maurice Kennedy type of player who... A lot of people were excited about coming into last year from free agency because of the versatility offers and... You know, he's a free agent that they obviously liked. So you're either moving on from a guy like that, who I think the the front office was excited about um, and that the coaching staff was excited about, or moving on from a guy who's literally one of your best special teams players. So that's what's kind of confusing to me. But let's move on to Osa and um, Chauncey. So Odigu Zua is kind of the, the – the, and again, like I, I got into some arguments with people on Twitter because I wasn't – I didn't love that pick, but it's not because of the player. It's because I feel like you have two to three other players already on your roster who are kind of similar to him in similar ways from a body type position standpoint. Um, 
what are your thoughts on Osa and what he's going to do in Dallas? Like, do you think he's going to – I mean, I know he's going to be a three technique who can play some of that five or four eye when they when they move the fronts around. But where do you see him making, making the biggest impact on this team? That's a great question. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's kind of a lot of those uh, round two, round three, three techs that are out there. You just kind of throw them all out there and see which one sticks, man. I, I don't really know how else to – I don't really know how else to say it, man. I, I'm so confused with what their, their vision is at defensive tackle. You have, you have Neville Gallimore. You have Tristan Hill. Uh, you have Carlos Watkins, Osa, uh, you have Quentin Bahana now as well. You have Brent Urban. Like there's so many guys at this point. I just, I think you just throw them all in the pot and, you know, pick out which one gets done the best. I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't don't know what to expect. I I don't know. Maybe he'll, because he is a little bit smaller. He is kind of that tweener. Maybe they use him as a, a, a four eye. Um, when they do odd fronts, I mean that that's a, a position I could see him playing as well. So maybe they they have a specific role that they want to use for him. And and the bad thing with him is, and like I said, it's not even him. It's just what the roster is already constructed as. Is like if like he was this absolutely dominant run defender, which I think he's a good run defender, but I don't think he's an elite run defender. And then I don't think he's an elite pass rusher, so it's kind of like he doesn't have that one elite trait or elite style of play that you can plug him in on running downs and be like, oh, he's going to be a stud there. Or mm-hmm. p- plug him in on passing downs and be like, oh, he's going to rush the passer. So it's like I feel like he's kind of what they have already, and that was my biggest issue with that one. But, yeah. but Cole, I wanted to ask you with Golston. Like I, I see Golston as being like the – value brand Tyrone Crawford replacement like that style of player who's going to play left end three technique maybe play some right end for you on running downs but like where do you kind of see Golston fitting in and can you see a scenario where he puts you know a Bradley and I or Dorrance Armstrong on the street I think he definitely puts um I think I can see him putting Armstrong's job in jeopardy just because of the numbers if they do decide to go long at a receiver or a corner there i mean somebody is going to be off the roster like you said uh golson kind of offers you some flexibility and versatility along the defensive line he um can play multiple positions he can um, play in he can play a little bit of inside he's got the uh motor that a lot of people really rave about he's always given high effort which i think the coaches probably uh fell in love with and which is why he was drafted where they drafted him if i had to guess um but yeah, I don't think he's going to be obviously a sack master or anything like that. But he is a guy that can play the run. He's going to give you a lot of quality snaps, I think. And I think Dorrance Armstrong is probably in a little bit bigger jeopardy than Bradley Anai, in my personal opinion. I think Anai is a guy that they still have some hope for, even though he didn't really get much play last year. Um, I don't think they want to part ways with him after one season. Um, whereas Armstrong, um, he... It's not that he's been a disappointing player or anything by any stretch of the imagination, but he's also not an irreplaceable player either, um, if that kind of makes sense. So I think Olsen could slide in at one of those roles and push him, push Durance Armstrong off, off the 53. Yeah, we're actually going to skip over, skip over Bohana because he kind of already did what we talked about. He, he put Antoine Woods on the street, which I didn't love, but... Uh... 
I think he yeah. kind of already took over what we were going to discuss with him. But let's talk about mm-hmm. Semi Fajoko, um, and then we'll talk about Izzy, and we'll probably stop there because I don't think the Nebraska cat is a uh, he just doesn't have a chance to really make the roster. Um, so let's yeah. talk about Semi Fajoko and uh, Izzy Mukwamu uh, out of South Carolina. Uh, Dalton, I'll let you hit on Izzy, and then Cole, I'll let you hit on Semi. Kind of what you think uh, their chances are are coming in the camp. You know who they could put on the street. Do they have a chance to make the roster? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I think that you know, Izzy's a he's a backup safety at this point, right. or I, I guess a developmental safety is probably the better way to to say it. Um, I think that with him and with his uh, ability, or or I guess his, um, how do I say it? Um, Versatility. No, I wasn't even talking about no. versatility. His experience—that—that's no. the—that's the word I was thinking of. Um, you know, a third third grade word there that I couldn't <laughs> think of. Um, now his experience at corner is nice, and I I liked the way that he played at safety. Now, obviously, we can all look at the uh, couple of reps or that one rep on the red zone uh, against Kyle Pitts and say, well, oh, that's a tough, that's a tough little rep there. He got put in the blender. Uh, but he's a really, really long player, and this team. Um, this coaching staff really, really loves their long players, uh, especially in the secondary. So I think he's going to get every chance to succeed. Um, and I think that he is a good enough athlete. I mean, where you don't really have to be that twitchy or that fast overall to be successful at safety. You just kind of got to be in the right place at the right time. And as long as you are, um, I think that. Don't know. <laughs> Everybody mute your mics. I think it was you, Dalton. I'm not muted, so it Cole, wasn't me. you. Right. What happened? Your mic sounds horrible. Very fuzzy. We're getting a ton of feedback <laughs> from it. That was. Uh, anyways, anyways, anyways. Izzy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's just kind of in that developmental role. I think he'll end up, you know, being a little bit like Reggie was last year. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know what their plan is at, at safety, man. I have no idea because uh, Reggie Robinson, is he going to start at a position that he never played before? That's what it sounds like. That's <laughs> kind of what it sounds like. I'm terrified of that. Um, and then, you know, when DeMonte ends up eventually be, being healthy, then you insert him in there most likely as long as the – Achilles injury didn't completely snap his athleticism. I mean, I just another year of of kind of not caring about the safety position is not something that I wanted to to go into twenty twenty one like. I mean, Steven can joke about it, so can we. Sorry. Right. <laughs> All right, Cole. Let's see if you sound better. What do you think of uh, Simi and who's he putting on the street? Yeah, are y'all hearing any more feedback? I, I moved my mic, so you sound you sound golden now. All right, cool. Yeah, I think Simi definitely has a chance to make this roster. Um, just for the fact he's, I mean, four, our six four guys with the run four fours don't necessarily grow on trees, you know. I mean, they spend a fifth round pick. Um, a lot of people had him a little bit higher than that, potentially day three, third round, um, fourth round, you know. Um, and I think think he's a guy that can push a Noah Brown or Cedric Wilson, at least give them some competition in camp. Um, I personally think Cedric Wilson does make the roster. I think Noah Brown is a little bit more in jeopardy. Um, but um, I do think Simi does have a role. He's not the best rat runner. He kind of fights the ball from time to time. Um, 
with the football, but um, you know, in there and but he can provide some stuff in on special teams. He's like I said, he's very fast. He's got the size. I think he offers some deep threat ability that this team's probably looking for. Another aspect to go with their offense. Um, so yeah, I do think he has a great chance of making the fifty-three man roster. I agree with everything you guys said, so I'm not going to waste any more time saying it again. Um, <laughs> Bohanna's obviously on this roster. Um, I'm interested to see yeah. him and Urban kind of split the roles. I guess it it nose tackle because those are your your really only options there. But uh, our boy Matt Farniak out of Nebraska. I don't know if he's got a a real shot with as deep as this, unless he really pushes Terrence Steele or Brandon Knight or. Connor McGovern or something. I, I don't know. I don't think he has a real good shot at, at doing much at all. Maybe being a practice squad guy in year one and, and working his way onto yeah. something in year two. But uh, that's all the time we got for today. We got a really uh, special guest coming up next week on the show. Uh, so make sure you turn in next week. If you're a fan of Cowboys, Texas, country music, rock and roll, so make sure you tune in next week because we're going to have a fun conversation with a really cool guest. So, uh, we enjoy everybody listening. Everybody listening. Uh, this will be our last kind of draft-related podcast. We'll be back to talking the star next week, and we'll have a good special guest on to, to kick it off. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you give a good review, give five-star rating, uh, leave a comment of who your favorite draft pick was. Let us know we're uh, doing all right so we can keep coming back and doing it again. So thanks so much for listening, guys. We are talking the draft slash star. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 